And welcome back to another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I am your host, Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grace. And uh, with me this good evening is Laker Nick. Laker Nick, welcome to Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Sean. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for hosting Magic Man, and thanks for having me on. Always, man. Always, always enjoy uh, your astute observations. Now, today we'll be discussing uh, the NBA observations, and uh, on deck is the obvious inaugural uh, NBA in-season tournament. I mean, uh, you know, the NBA has really marketed this thing to death, Nick. Uh, ho- they're hoping it's uh, in like a lamb, out like a lion, because uh, it hasn't been met with uh, either great fan affair or either um, critical acclaim from the um, advertisement and the amount of time they've spent uh, trying to make Fletch happen and fetch happen. Uh, I don't think it's going to catch on. What What are your observations of uh, what you've seen from the NBA's marketing ploy here, which is what I think it is? Yeah, Sean. Um, uh, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, I think that the in-season tournament, you know, it is a marketing ploy, but ironically, I don't think it's been marketed all that well. Um, the banner I've seen around Twitter and other forums um, is that a lot of people don't even know one when it's starting, uh, two what it means, and three what teams get if they do win. So there's a uh, basically a void of information that you know has not been filled by the NBA and and their executives or administrators. So I just see the in-season tournament as um, causing a lot of confusion and then not a lot of enthusiasm. Well phrased, well phrased, uh, my good sir. Uh, with that being said, um, I got to say, Nick, did you watch that, um, that really cheesy Michael Imperioli commercial? Uh, yeah, it was very cheesy, Sean. Yep. Yeah, it, it was. And I think that's completely emblematic of kind of what this thing has turned into. It's just I just a giant dog and pony show. Um, not, n- no real intrigue behind it. I mean, a- as we speak, Nick, um, people are doing probably other important things on a Friday night rather than tuning into the NBA in-season tournament. As you've said, it was marketed very poorly. And uh, like you said, devoid of basic information and facts. Uh, that being said, we uh, we need to discuss it. So uh, have you t- watched any of the games tonight? Um, I, I've only looked at the box scores, uh, Sean. Um, okay. And indeed, um, I, I'm just confused. Uh, maybe you could fill not only myself in, but the audience as well as to the basics, like, you know, what's the format? Is it a group stage? Is it a knockout stage? Um, how many yeah. games do, do, does each uh, team play? Uh, things of that nature. Yeah. So, I mean, each each team is going to play uh, one home game um, and one road game. And uh, at that point, the, the group stage will uh, finish and then there will be a knockout stage. Um it's really weird. There, there's five teams in um, 
in each group. So it's it's going to be a com it's going to be a combination of um, just a really confounding group play at times. Nick, I mean, again, that this this whole idea was strung together uh, with um, you know the obvious. Um, ace in the hole or what they thought was the ace in the hole is that if we put these games on Tuesday and Friday on non-football dates during the fall, that it might hold some extra meaning or significance. And um, I don't think it will. Uh, so ju- just to give everybody a, a, a good indication. So right now, um, Group B is is basically in action right now. The Knicks and the and the Bucks. Right now, the the Bucks are up one hundred one ninety seven on the on the Knicks. I've been watching this game. Uh, essentially, Nick Milwaukee is going to be a Jekyll and Hyde season uh, team all season long. I think until around the All Star break. Then I think they're going to either really start to cook. Or be uh, be good enough to uh, roll into the postseason as long as they're healthy. Their main bugaboo is this, brother. Uh, tonight, the three has been falling for them, but they are shooting very poorly on their twos. Um, their perimeter defense is not very good. So in the group play, if your perimeter defense is bad, same, same with uh, – I'm not sure if you're a soccer fan or not, Nick – if your midfield and defense is poor in in uh, football, uh, that really makes it easier for you to be picked apart. And I think ultimately Milwaukee may walk away with the, this uh, cup or they could find themselves uh, not even in the knockout stage based on their defense. Mm-hmm. No, thanks for the rundown, uh, Sean. And I think you're, uh, you know, you're completely right as far as your impressions of the in-season tournament. Um, I see that the winners on each team, the players themselves, are receiving $500,000. Um, that's probably not much of an incentive for a highly paid star, but you know that's a nice chunk of change, and hopefully that does uh, motivate some of these players to at least uh, get more than a decent effort. I was going to say, I would agree with you, Nick, in that sense. In the other group play uh, right now, the Heat are mauling the Wizards. I, I was just saying it's the song remains the same as um, Stephen King wrote in, um, oh, God, I want to say it was the, what was that movie with, um, oh, f- forgive me, Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scrambling here. Was it Carrie? No, no, it no. was um misery. No, no, it was with uh, that guy from Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, Jason something. The Green Mile. No, no. Anyway, suffice <laughs> it to say, it's uh, SSDD. Same, same blank, different day with the Wizards. They're just being mauled right now. Just um, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole sucks last year. Nick, the song remains the same. He's terrible. Um. You know, Group A play will be this evening. That's the second on the back of the doubleheader tonight, Nick. That's our group. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies will be in uh, Portland to play the Trailblazers. Uh, what are your impressions of uh, both teams early on, given the fact that uh, 
Memphis is the only winless team in the NBA right now. Do you think they get their first victory tonight against the Blazers? Um, yeah, that's a tough one, uh, Sean. I mean, I had them actually at the top of the Western Conference uh, when it's all said and done uh, in the season, and so I'm slowly uh, regretting that decision. Um, and I'm just surprised of how um, the Grizzlies have started off the season, right? I mean, the roster, even though they don't have Morant, I mean, they do have players like Marcus Sport, Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams. So, you know, these are more than decent players. Also with Derek Rose coming off the bench, um, who's been actually fairly solid for them as a rotational player. So I am confused as to uh, why they're losing um, every game so far. Um, hopefully they're able to turn it around uh, tonight. Um, but um, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, they're going to be in tough. Um, as a matter of fact, Nick, um, early observations again, just, you know, we can have in here. Memphis, Memphis's big problem isn't Marcus Smart, and it's not Desmond Bain, and it's not uh, Triple J. They're all basically playing their basic games. Uh, the issue that the Grizzlies have, Nick, is they don't really have a number two uh, when without Ja Morant, and they need a number two without Ja. You don't really – they, they think it's uh, synergistic. It's Ja plus synergy. Uh, I don't really think they have a true number two, even though a lot of people would consider Desmond Bain their number two. I don't think he's a true number two just yet. Uh, that being said, they they don't have a closer, man. Um, you know, Memphis, historically, at least in the past, like, 15 years, Nick, they've, they've seemed to always have a closer. They had Rudy Gay, then they had Zach Randolph, and uh, then they... Struggled for a bit. John Morant became their their closer, so they don't really have a finisher. That's that's their big issue. No, there's no killer on that team that can take over the game when they they need it the most. And I think that's that's kind of what's uh, hindering them. They'll be fine. Like I I I I always figured that Marcus Smart trade was an 82 game trade. It wasn't a 25 game trade. I I think they're they need to get back to 500 very quickly, Nick, or you're right. It could get away from them in the West just based off the, the level of competition and what uh, what other teams are facing. Uh, as for the Blazers, you know, this is a work in progress. We'll, we'll see what, uh, what transpires, but uh, n- nothing to really make heads or tails with them about. Uh, as we uh, continue on, Nick, um, going back to uh, – the play right now um the game of the year is happening right now um in okc between uh the warriors and the thunder uh right now with just a little under seven minutes to play it's the thunder 127 the warriors 121 it's been a barnstorming game from the get-go nick um and the thunder are being this efficient without shea gilgis alexander so this is one of those games where, you know, you could look back on and, and think that this could be a, a, a playoff matchup come April. 
No, that's right, uh, Sean and OKC. I mean, it's uh, you know they just have a solid young group of players there. Um, I'm seeing that Chet Holmgren has a very solid seven for nine shooting night so far. He's two for two from three. He's made all his free throws. He has eight boards, five assists, 22 points. I mean, for a rookie, I mean, you can't ask for much better. Um, and then, uh, meanwhile, I should point out that, um, you know, Steph Curry, not just this game, but in games prior, I mean, he hasn't shown his age. Um, you know, as a 35-year-old, um, he's still being extremely productive. Um, I have to acknowledge that, you know, as he's aged, his game has uh, also aged gracefully with him. I mean, he's 50% from three right now, five out of 10. Uh, seven for seven from free throw, um, you know, six assists, 26.7 rebounds. Again, you can't ask for much better than that for a 35-year-old on a very, um, um, I would just say, uh, eclectic mix of players on the Golden State Warriors with the inclusion of CP3. Nick, was that? Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say of all the of all the groups of in this uh in season tournament, if there's the most interesting group, it's this one. It's group C. It's uh the Kings, the Warriors, the Thunder, uh the Spurs. Um it's going to be an interesting interesting turn here because we saw what uh, Wemby did uh with the Suns this past week, Nick just swept them. Um, what are your early uh, impressions of Wimbayama? Um, he's he's on his uh, road or on the fast track, or if you want to call it here in California, we have um, carpool lanes. Um, he's in the carpool lane on his way to superstardom. And so, um, you know, I have said this before, but I was actually one of the early doubters of Wemby. Um, I just felt that he was... Uh, to some degree, overhyped, um, weak in the body, lanky, possibly injury prone, and I would think, you know, and I was mistaken that NBA players would be able to body him up, be physical with him, and take him out of the game. Um, granted, you know, he's still having rookie hiccups and mistakes, and that's expected, and he will probably continue to have those, not only this season but possibly next. But he's been having you know, I think a very, very good season, um, better than I expected, at least. Um, and he looks like a complete alien and freak out there. He de- he does, Nick. He does. I mean, of all the um, unique genetic um, prototypes that the NBA has had, I've really only seen four. And, I mean, I didn't really see uh wilt so it's been wilt Shaq, lebron and now wemby um we're gonna see if wemby reaches reaches those heights i'm sure um he will it's great to see that he also has uh like just a touch of humility for a first overall picnic um good for him uh i i think the best is yet to come but uh as we find ourselves um, being in San Antonio for a back-to-back, I want to sweep them. So mm-hmm. they got they got Phoenix. I want to get them in San Antonio. I mean, I hope Wemby plays great, except for the three games he plays against us this year. 
Yeah, no, I agree, Sean. And actually, like one person that, and I'm not sure if you would disagree or agree with this, but in the list of four uh, genetic specimens that you mentioned, would you add, this might be a surprise, but would you add Kevin Durant to that list? Given his length, his arms, his ability to shoot over people? I mean, he does come to mind. Uh if you're talking from a physical uh, perspective, Nick, no, I would I would just say uh, KD is um, uh, three about three or four inches taller than the Iceman. He has a similar uh, body and build to uh, George Gervin, um, and the Iceman was one of the the baddest man on the planet with the ball in his hands. I just think Kevin Durant's a seven foot George Gervin. Um, but again, he, he, like you said, there is a uniqueness behind his length and um, behind his some of his physical traits. But it, it's not it, it's not like a genetic gift that separates him from from peers. Those four guys I mentioned are so different from all their peer groups that um, you have to take that into account. That's just my opinion, though. But I, I think I, I'm sound there because, you know, George George Gervin, again, if he played in this day in NBA in the NBA, you'd say that's that's Kevin Durant's game. So that's just my opinion, though, Nick. No, makes sense. Makes complete sense, Sean. Um, and I, I think you want to you wanted to make a shout out to Mission. So uh, go ahead, Sean. Uh, yeah. Very generous of Mission. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Lakers fast break fam. Uh, Mission 24, thank you very much. Uh, just gave us a shout-out. Just got paid buying a beer for my LFB channel. Thank you very much, man. Uh, Salut. Uh, Slauncha, as they say in uh, Gaelic, brother. Hopefully you enjoy it. Cold beer is good beer, man. Now you have to say it in French, too, Sean. Uh, no, I'm not saying it in French, Nick. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, you know what, Nick? Um, have have you ever tried this? Next time you drink a beer, man, chill your glass for about twenty minutes, and then pour it. It's so good. Like there's okay. nothing better than a a chilled glass, like a frost, a like beer. a frosted glass. Yeah, Isn't make it? sure the top is really frosted. That's okay. that's the best. Okay. Uh, noted. Noted, Magic Man. <laughs> all right, bro. So as we move on, um, Nick, I uh, I had some thoughts on uh, <clears throat> the press conference that uh, the LA Clippers held. And uh, just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nick's become a very good friend of mine. And um, we were having a little exchange on whether or not Steve Ballmer was um, enjoying the fruits of uh, his labor, so to speak, Nick. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, that that interview was was very very um, excitable. He was very excited. He was very animated. This, very animated. Yes, I will. I will say this. I think um, unless he has an allergy to mohair, that was what we think it was. <laughs> <laughs> now, <and> now, <laughs> moving on uh, because it's not surprising if he if. Uh, he did partake in that uh, particular recreational habit, Nick, that he wouldn't have an issue 
acquiring a player who, while maybe not necessarily associated with that particular recreational habit, it's kind of cohabitational with his um, affinity for strip clubs. It, it, it's adjacent. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, it's yes. adjacent. That's the best way to put it. Anyway, uh, Nick, I thought I thought that press conference was a big pile of self idolatry when yes. he said when he said I'm not part of the system. I am the system. Yeah, he he also said that um, Sean. I'm sure you you picked this up, but he also said that he felt that the Philadelphia 76ers had him on a leash. And uh, those were his words on a leash and that he uh, just couldn't be himself. And ultimately he made it or framed it in a way that conveyed that the uh, the 76ers management did not want him there. Um, Even though it has since transpired that he also didn't want to be there at the very least. Yes, Nick. Um, now, did you happen to listen to uh, a response from Joel Embiid when he was asked his thoughts about that? Uh, I actually did not, Sean. What, what was Embiid's response? Embiid, in a nice roundabout way, basically said that James Harden basically held the ball every possession. And while Embiid had a higher usage rate, the fact remains is that Harden did lead the league in assists, Nick. So if you lead the league in assists, that means you have the ball in your hands an incredibly large amount of the time. And and to argue otherwise is an exercise in absurdity because I know for a fact that touch passes don't get you the, the assist title. Finding the right man between zero to five and then between 12 to 20 seconds is what gets you the assist title. So Harden had the ball a lot, Nick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely did. Sean. Um, I also listened to the press conference that Lawrence Frank did on behalf of the Clippers yesterday. And uh, I'm not sure if you got a chance to uh, listen in on that, but Lawrence Frank actually, um, Surprisingly, when he was asked by one of the reporters regarding Kawhi Leonard's and Paul George's uh, city now or load management, actually Lawrence Frank uh, responded rather aggressively and said that he thought it was, quote, BS because there's a difference between one, load management, and two, uh, players being injured. And so um, uh, it seemed like you know, the insinuation that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are not available because, you know, they those players just want to rest. Uh, it really, really seemed to have bothered uh, Lawrence Frank. And ultimately, he said that uh, James Harden gives uh, this team, uh, this Clippers team, a, a real possibility at winning the, their first championship. And so uh, we'll see what they do. I, I felt like Clippers just had to make the trade because they weren't going to do anything else with the group that they had. And so um, ultimately, uh, as I told you, uh, Magic Man offline, uh, I think it was a fourth down situation 
with a few seconds on the clock and they just had to launch the Hail Mary. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. Um, uh, just reeks of uh, desperation. Um, stink, stink, skunk. Uh, I, I happen to think that, uh, you know, this this is going to eventually bother Russell Westbrook as well, Nick, the situation. Because one or two things is going to happen. Either Russ is going to be able to keep sacrificing and with the ball less in his hands, he's not going to be able to continue this shooting clip. No way in hell. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, Haley's, uh, Haley's Comet happens once every 75 years. So does a Russell Westbrook uh, shooting outburst. So just enjoy it while it happens because this is a supernova. And eventually, I think he's going to grow tired of the the sacrifice when it's not working out, Nick. And we've already seen James Harden say, I'm not sacrificing. I'm not sacrificing again. So, yeah. And, and Sean, you're you're uh, you're absolutely right um, with all your thoughts right now. Um, and I'll just add that you know there have been rumblings that Russell Westbrook and James Harden might actually start together in the backcourt. And obviously, those two players, to put it. Um, Generously, you know, they're not known for their defense, neither Westbrook nor um, nor Harden. And so I actually imagine if that is the lineup, that lineup actually animating a lot more wear and tear on the likes of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who will now be compelled to cover for James Harden and Russell Westbrook defensively. That 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 eventually is going to be a, a snowball that becomes an avalanche because although <laughs> although they acquired PJ Tucker, Nick, at some point Tuck Tucker's body's gonna break down too. And, you know, a six five guy at the four does not make does not make for a very good team. They had they were actually doing pretty well with Rocco and Zubats uh, at the four and the five. Uh, had this uh, Harden thing not even uh, had their name mentioned, Nick, there's no way, there's n there's absolutely no way the Clippers would have been in on Harden. He forced his way there, and now this this situation is, is like a crockpot. But is the crockpot going to boil up into something that tastes good, or is it going to be like the Hurt Locker, where the yes. wrong wire gets cut? I think the wrong wire is going to get cut, man. We've seen this story time and time again. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Sean. And shout-outs to uh, PMC, Petting My Cat, one of the OGs in the chat and early supporters of the channel. Just wanted to make sure that he got his shout-out. PMC, PMC is one of the Mercury, like, seven, definitely. One of the Mercury Seven, uh, Intel, Darren, um, PMC, yeah, definitely part of the Mercury Seven of uh, Lakers fast break. So we got a blue gotta magic keep... as well. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Give me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. We're hoping to see Gerald Glassford here. Gerald? Gerald? Nick, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm here, Sean. I think uh, you uh, you put me offline, but now I'm back in. Uh, I did not. I did not put you offline, sir. I did okay. not. <laughs> I swear I it was not. me. It, yes, it was, it was Gerald. I don't even know what I did. I didn't do anything, but okay, go ahead. Okay. What's going on, everyone? Welcome uh, in. To... Here. Welcome hey, in. Yeah, welcome in, Gerald. How are you doing this evening? Uh, doing okay. Um, want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows I got an update on the merchandise f- direct from the horse's mouth or horse's ass mouth or horse's ass, aka Joe Soro. Uh, I did speak to him earlier, and and he said that the orders uh, look like they're going to be shipped out on Monday. He apologized for any delay, uh, but to those who've ordered, uh, we're going to get. He said that the individual involved the company involved that that's manufacturing all this just uh as far as didn't know the kind of demand that was going to be needed for this so they finally got all the resources together to go ahead as far as the the clothing is concerned and yeah they're going to get everything taken care of and shipped out on on monday looks like so everything looks like it's going to be taken care of so yes. uh, and then he, t- then he told me a couple expletives and you know joe after that but yeah yeah i digress mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald, me and Nick were just um, shooting the breeze on the uh, inaugural uh, insipid, uh, diluted uh, NBA in-season tournament. Um, Early returns are meh. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what you've seen from the uh, basically the the marketing ploy that is the in-season tournament? Yeah, um, uh, still a lot of people aren't aware of it. Uh, ESPN has done some increased marketing from it. Of course, the the courts themselves are all changed to specifically the in-season tournament logos and all that. Kind of curious, you don't have the Lakers on the first night of this tournament, which is kind of uh, dumb, in my opinion. I mean, if you want to kick off something like this for the full, they're the NBA in full, have every team 15 games, Charles tournament games all supported in and, there. Yeah. And by the way, and by the way, Gerald, you also picked the wrong primetime game because uh, OKC and Golden State are swinging haymakers at one another right now. Absolutely. 136 to 135. So that's, you know, again, it just seems to me that, that you could have done better, you know, like you're talking about, they could have chosen better games. Uh, I think that they still, the ESPN or the higher-ups, probably because of the fact that it's where it's located, don't have any faith in Oklahoma City on drawing any ratings. So I think that's probably comes into it. But I don't know if Nick will agree or disagree with me on that. Um, yeah, no, Gerald, I, I do agree with you. In fact, I, I even think at a more basic level, they should have actually chosen a different name than in-season tournament. Because the word in-season itself kind of diminishes the value or any interest in the in the actual tournament i mean they could have named it something 
a little more interesting, like NBA Super Cup or something like that. I agree. Just so far, not not good returns on it. But I know it was suggested by, oh, why don't you, you know, for the winner, why don't you guarantee a playoff spot? If that's the case, that that's really a bad that 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 just means that the regular season means very little to you. And if you have a team, let's say like Houston, Houston. Okay. Do you want Houston Rockets team, which might win 30 games all season at most? Do you really, if they win the tournament, want them going ahead and being in the playoff mix? No, you don't want a 30 win team in the playoffs or a 36 win team or a 28 win team. Definitely not Gerald. You want the, the best level of competition possible. And and good good on Nick for uh, for that keen keen observation because as uh, a lot of people have pointed out poignantly, uh, Gerald, that uh, the same argument is made for college football with uh, championship games now. Well, your yeah. conference has a championship game. Well, it, in the end, does it really mean anything because we have this fourteen playoff? It, it, I, again, it kind of I. I use the word of the day, but dilutes the uh, the significance and the importance of winning every possible game in an 82-game season. Um, it, it shouldn't hold less or more significance just, just because um, there's some material cup attached to it. As uh, we get another great... Uh, Great super chat from Mission Twenty Four. Thank you uh, again, sir. Truly appreciate it, Mission Twenty Four. Just bless you, bless you. Very kind of you to do that, and it helps out the Lakers fast break truly quite a bit. Uh, just the actual like we're trying to increase uh, what we're doing here. Magic Man sounds great. This is a lot of what your contributions you're seeing with Magic Man right now in his new headset. These are some of the things that we're allowed to do and increase production value to bring you a better product, and it's because of your kindness like mission 24 Intel wild Darren, everyone else that, that, you know, either watches the ads or contributes in some other way to us. It is, it, it helps out. And I, and you're starting to see it here on the air and I truly appreciate it. And, and uh, Sean, you have to read missions comment because I think Gerald is too humble to read it himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mission, mission 24. Uh, thank you so much. Gerald came in like God descending to earth. <laughs> well, he's, He's he's not the he's not the Godfather, but he is the Podfather. There you he's go. Not the Godfa- he's not the Godfather yet. That's that's a little down the road. But he is. The Gerald Podfather. came in like Pod. How about Gerald came in like Pod? There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gerald, just um, some early returns on this NBA season, just uh, excluding the uh, just the in-season tournament at this point. What what are the three? standouts right now i mean surprising um little unsurprising what what would you say is at the top of your list sir kind of unsurprising but it's something that obviously we have to deal with is the fact that when it comes to the celtics uh they look pretty damn good i mean they won the other night by 50 uh it you know it I know we're all Lakers fans and we absolutely hate to say that it just leaves a bitter taste in my mouth but we're looking if we're taking a step out for a moment as NBA analysts, all of us, and looking at the, the bigger picture in the landscape, you couldn't ask for a better start for the Celtics. And and while obviously it's still very early in the season, the early returns have them 
much ahead of the game more than who the team I predicted to go ahead and come out of the East in Milwaukee. So right now it looks like the Celtics have one up on everyone. So that isn't too much of a, a surprise because obviously we thought that was going to be the case. Uh, Philadelphia without Harden looks better than Philadelphia with Harden. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Atlanta's great start. I think you also have to conclude, conclude as a surprise. And of course, we've talked about this before, Magic Man. Memphis and the Memphis Grizzlies, the disaster in Memphis, the dumpster fire in, Mem- in Memphis so far. Uh, maybe they'll they'll get back on the road here, you know, with what they're they're doing tonight. So hopefully they'll they'll get back on the road at some point in time. But yeah, right now from what we've seen so far this season, it's been a pretty much of a dumpster fire. And yeah, cannot say enough, uh, you know disappointing things if you're a memphis fan in regards to their start no gerald uh, and sean uh, apologies i was actually going to ask both of you this question um uh has dallas surprised either of you uh the four no well it depends on who they played they've really only had one tough game leading into that's it they've beaten they've beaten they've beaten brooklyn they've beaten chicago you know, not not uh, not going not uh, game break. Yeah, Ch- Chicago stretch. looks like it's already about ready to implode. Brooklyn is a team that's that's <laughs> that that does not look like it. It's about it looks like it has a whole bunch of complementary players on their team. They do not have a star to drive that team forward. Absolutely, they they also got the San Antonio Spurs yeah. in the first game. That was Wemby's uh, first audition basically getting his feet wet with live bullets so uh, still early i th- their offense we know they can score so their offense has been impressive um early returns on lively are pretty good gerald he's uh he's yeah. found he's found a way to um uh, is it any wonder why playing. we wanted him in the draft if he was well, going to fall down to us mm, indeed uh as we digress uh, we'll we'll see uh, how fast that wall hits them because usually rookies eventually hit it. Well, they uh, might hit it tonight because they're getting killed at Denver at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, it's um, kind of walking it's early, into a but brick it, yeah, they wall. are getting killed. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I I I agree with Gerald as well. Um, the the Memphis situation, um, I, as Nick said, Gerald, he had them number. He picked them. Remember, number one in his yeah. uh, in his preseason um, uh, musings. That being said, a lot of, Nick wasn't the only one. A lot of people had the Wizards still within uh, striking distance of uh, of a top three seed. And quite frankly, as we spoke earlier, Gerald, uh, with Nick, it's it's not Desmond Bain that's been an issue. It's not Triple J that's been an issue. Uh, Marcus Smart hasn't even really been an issue. It's that they don't have a closer, a true finisher killer that can win them basketball games at the end of. I just wanted to say that to PMC uh, right now, he was asking about Lonzo Ball and the Chicago Bulls and that dumpster fire that's going on because they lost again tonight. Uh, Lonzo is out for the entire year. He has already been medically uh, discharged for the entire year as far as Chicago has already received a waiver for him. Uh, he has already been signed off. In fact, I think they've, have they already received something as far as a salary accordance in, in, in as far as that's concerned yet? Uh, yes, Gerald, I believe they did receive uh, that $5 million injury exception. Okay. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, he has been uh, definitely signed off for the entire year. He still says he's going to come back, but I don't know. This looks like it's really going to be something that's going to be very tough. So uh, I think Chicago, you know, they're, they even look like they're looking up at basketball purgatory at this point in time. It could get really ugly, really fast. I know a lot of people are starting to circle like buzzards around their, their roster. Some people are targeting Vucevic. Obviously we're targeting, targeting Caruso. Uh, you know, if, if, if the woes at shooting guard, as far as uh, from an offensive standpoint, if they continue for the Lakers with Zach Levine, I know would be someone that a lot of people would like to see, even though he is allergic to defense and uh, allergic to passing the ball. So you have to deal with it. If you know, you know what you're in for, if you get Zach Levine, I'm just going to say that right, right, right now. Go ahead, Nick. Um, yeah, Gerald, uh, I agree uh, with everything you said. As far as Lonzo Ball, uh, I understand that he still actually has one more year left yes. on his contract. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think about uh, $22 million. Sean, would you say the Lonzo contract is now the worst contract in the league? Oh, Ooh, that's a great question. I Nick. would still say uh, Brian Grant. I would still say Brian Grant. Oh, uh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. I would say Gerald's correct. Just, mm, just like mm, there's more years just, and there's yeah, more money. Yeah, there's more years, more money. But yeah, um, it, it's it's a pretty it, it's a bad one. It's a bad one. Um, I would say um, third third with oh, I don't want to say Gerald, but third with a bullet is Jordan Poole of <laughs> the Washington Wizards. I'm sorry for using their uh, their old franchise name there, Gerald, but I mean. That I contract. thought Jordan was going to be able to score more. He's yeah. still he's under just under twenty, but you know it looked from the preseason like he was going to be able to break out and hit in the mid twenties. Now that he was uh, out underneath the the ire of Draymond and actually able to go ahead and get the green light in Washington, so he has not had the best of starts. Uh, but I, I still won't give up on him just yet. I still think he can you know go on a run where you can see him score like crazy because again they don't have many options in Washington, so. I don't want to say 100% that would be the, the worst contract out there, but I think Jeremy Grant is probably the, the worst one that's out there right now uh, between them. The only reason why is because there's only one more year after this one on uh, for what we're seeing with Lonzo, Nick. And I think if that's the case, next year his contract will be attractive to others that want the money off the books. No, yes, uh, yes, Gerald. And actually just reacting to PMC's comment, do you? Both of you believe that Lonzo is done? I think he's done. I think it's done. I, I think it's just going to be med- medically decided upon that it's not going to be not going to be happening. So, yeah, uh, it's it's it's. I put it, it some on there. Don't worry. Keep going, my friend. Keep going. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds. Um, I I I can have to concur with uh, the Podfather. I actually see a situation where it looks very very um unlikely that he comes back and he may have to be um kind of inveigled into a medical retirement um for the sake of himself i mean i'm I'm sure you a a lot of these guys don't want to deal with arthritis and uh, hip replacements and knee replacements in your 50s and your 60s um that's hard that is hard on the body, Gerald. That that kind of yeah. rehabilitation at that age, and hey, uh, 
yeah go ahead Nick. no sean everything that, that you're saying is just um uh, turning the wheels in my mind so alonzo just to put it in perspective his last game in the nba was on january 14th 2022 mm. and so let, let's even say that he is medically green-lighted to come back uh, presumably he wouldn't have his first official nba game until october 2024 so magic man you being the the resident expert in encyclopedia has there been any nba player that has taken two plus years off and successfully come back essentially two years and nine months mm, i don't think anyone's taken that long nick I, no i think if i'm not mistaken i think um i think it might have been uh dominique um rolling through my head other than i'd say it might have not have been done with injuries nick but i think that might have happened to the birdman chris anderson um he might have been out of the league for for a couple years if i'm not mistaken um but no this would be nick this would be unprecedented um if something like that were to happen it's just it's very difficult to imagine at this point given given all the uh, circumstances and factors involved um and as if we're going to talk about uh the ball brothers uh Gerald Lamelo uh is a concern right now it's doing okay not not uh, to the uh all-star level that i think a he's lot of people are he's not being about. he's not efficient enough for them to uh to to afford this kind of I've year drilled. Yeah, I but mean, they don't even have the the person. They've lost two key players. And that doesn't even count for Kai Jones. Uh, you know, obviously you know the story with Miles Bridges. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's not a pretty sight right now in Charlotte. So I I you know Ball he tries to do so much for that team and and uh, Labello. It's not looking great, but it's not looking super bad right now. So. A big shout out to Joshua and Facebook. Truly appreciate it. Always glad to have you here, my friend. Uh, thanks so much again. Uh, Blue Magic says Lamelo is a concern. He agrees. It's again, he's not just getting to that next level. I think that everybody's looking at. But uh, uh, before we get back to the, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Metric. Oh no, I was just going to agree with you, Gerald. I I, I think yeah. that's true. But I I mean he, like there there was a, this idea uh, around him being kind of the next gen uh, all nba triple double mr efficiency uh as poorly as austin rivers is shooting from 3 Gerald at 25% uh, uh, lamelo ball is shooting 25% on his twos so far yeah so so he he he's really taking a lot of shots right now for the team as needed yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before we get back to some final thoughts, though, Magic and Nick, uh, on the NBA play-in tournament or in-season tournament, I'm sorry, in-season tournament, uh, the NBA Cup, as it were, again, I just, it's really hard. It's not rolling off the tongue. So that in itself is a problem. I think that the NBA has to start coming to grips with. I'm not sure it's going over 100% well. It seems to be mixed reviews. Some people really like it. Some people don't. I wanted to go ahead and give everyone an update on 
our fantasy basketball league. And who do you think is at the top there, Sean, of the fantasy basketball league for the Lakers fast break? Yeah. Well, you know, Nick's neat team. I wonder which Nick that is. That's our, I think that's yours, Nick. That's right. You're the neat team. You're that the ball and superstar. Is that correct, Nick? Um, you know what, Gerald? I know for sure that like I made the balling superstars team. I don't remember the neat team. <laughs> so, okay, so the ball and superstar teams is yours. Okay, so yeah, so all right. So, I don't know if the neat team was made a, a year ago or. I think that I might be a year ago. Yeah, that might have yeah. been a year ago. So, so that's uh, right now, Nick. Okay, so if, if that's the case, Nick, you're in fourth place. Great start to the season. You're looking up at Sean's slam dunk team. Right there. So I think that's your team, Sean. So yep, you're in third place right there. Uh, actually, PMC, who's in the chat tonight, PMC is in sixth. And look at me in seventh. Although I'm gaining, gaining four and a half in the past day, four and a half points. So you never know. You never know. But uh, right now, shout out to Nick's neat team, LBJ's Connect, Sean Slam Dunk team, Nick's Ball and Superstars. And everybody else is part of the Lakers Fast Break League. Sean's like meticulously looking it over. Uh, he absolutely is he's adjusting his lineups as we speak. So congratulations so far, early going. It looks like it's going to be a nice long season for the Lakers Fast Break Fantasy Basketball League. I, but, still, have a fe- I still have a feeling I'm going to regret that auto pick of Daniel Gafford at some point. But we'll oh, see, Oh, I'm sure Joe. you regret it already. So. <laughs> 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 I'll do respect to Daniel. I'll do respect. And, and, and Sean, and to everybody watching, I'm always in the market to entertain a, a good trade. So uh, I'll just say that. Good luck. Do you know how hard it is to find? I got, I think I, well, I just in football, fantasy football, to give you an idea, I just had the first accepted trade. Uh, oh, no, it was, no, it was in fantasy basketball. I'm sorry. The first trade I've, I've done in three years in any sport. Because that you you know I get offers all the time. The problem is you give them a counter offer because their offer sucks. The counter offer they don't like. It goes back and forth, and then everybody just quits. So I'm glad I finally got it. You know something that uh, that I, I could chew on that was sent to me. So I took care of that in one of my ESPN links. But yes, I will see what I can do, and if I need something, oh, you never know. I might drop that on you. So. So just, I, just no Russell Westbrook, please, uh, Gerald. No, no, I don't have Russell Westbrook on my team, uh, but thank goodness for that. And uh, but, Gerald, the uh, before we uh, head on out, there's uh, something we 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 need to uh, to let Lakers fans know about. I mean, we respect history on this um, podcast, and um, just to let everybody know, today is a very special anniversary. Um, it is the 27th anniversary of Kobe Bryant's very first game as a Los Angeles Laker. Wow. There you go. Very, 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 very cool. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, do you remember his stat line in his first game, Gerald? Had don't even remember eight points. Yeah. (laughs) It's not even important. Um, 27 years in the making, um, the Mamba. Just uh, thankful that uh, we got to see him play, Gerald. And uh, Absolutely. 
the memory remains. We saw I do him, also, we, saw, okay. we saw him grow up, Sean. I just wanted to say we saw Kobe grow up as uh, as a teenager, and he's uh, dearly missed. Rest in peace. Absolutely, uh, just definitely a great to, you know. I feel I feel very very thankful that I got a chance to see his career in full, and uh, I feel very blessed by it. And it's something so, I will hopefully be able that, to tell tell my my grandkids and and kids after that. Absolutely. Uh, in that very first game, uh, Shaq, Shaq shone out uh, 35 and 19, and Kobe played six minutes, Gerald, zero points, one rebound, zero assists, one block, zero steals, one turnover, one foul, and just one field goal attempt. Well, do you remember, do you remember their opponent that night, Gerald? My God, no. So I'm not the encyclopedia that you and Joe. I watched them. I watched it. I'm sure I watched it. I know. I know Chick talking about this kid. You know when he was talking about the talking about this kid. You know, leading in the preseason games, leading in the first game. But yeah, don't remember the. Were you already in Vegas, uh, Gerald? At, no, at no, no. I was. Uh, you know what? Actually, yes, I was. Actually, was because he came in '96, right? 96. That's correct. That's yeah, correct, so Gerald. I was already here in Vegas. Yeah, because I was, I had come up the year before. They so played yes. the, they played the, uh, um, great, great, not so great, Minnesota Timberwolves, Gerald, who featured a, a, a vaunted front court of uh, Kevin Durant and Tom. I can't Kevin, rebound. Kevin Garnett, you mean? I can't Kevin Garnett, and I can't rebound well. Tom Gugliotta. Tom Gugliotta. Yep, name out of the past. I do want to mention before we go, Magic Man, that uh, have you given everybody an update on the injury status for tomorrow's game against the Magic? I have not. I was going to conclude with that, actually, Gerald. So go for uh, it. just to update everybody, Rui Hashimura uh, ruled out for uh, the game against the Orlando Magic. Torian Prince is now listed as questionable or day-to-day, depending on what uh, medical report you happen to read uh, this evening. Uh, I would say it's more day to day. Hopefully, a, another day with uh, just uh, good stretching and uh, feeling better. Uh, Touring Prince should be able to go. Gerald uh, on the uh, on the next topic. Jared Vanderbilt and Gabe Vincent both remain out. Jared Vanderbilt will be reevaluated at some point next week, and Gabe Vincent will be reevaluated in uh, a week as well. Well, it's just a, a shame that the Lakers are already starting off the season with this, that that vaunted, you know, uh, lineup that we we're going to throw, the rotation, how deep it was, yada, yada, yada. Well, thank God it's so deep because we're losing a lot of players there, guys. You know, uh, Gabe Vincent, Nick, he's out two weeks. You know, you Vanderbilt is still out another week. You know, it's, it's getting kind of hard, and we don't even know when Ruiz coming back because of his concussion protocol. So I guess this means uh, more minutes for folks like Cam Reddish. Um, hopefully he starts, uh, you know, proving. Don't the, tell that to Riddell. <laughs> right. Or, uh, or, or our uh, dear friend Stone Hansen. Um, yeah. And so maybe Max Christie's going to start getting uh, some additional minutes as well. But um, as the Lakers demonstrated against the Clippers, Gerald, um, you know, these are opportunities for, uh, players uh, that are at the tail end of the rotation or at the tail end of the bench to step up uh, to prove themselves. And, you know, um, as unfortunate as it may seem, 
Uh, but, you know, there are players that lose their places in starting lineups or in uh, rotational minutes due to injury. And so for uh, some of these players, these are, you know, the opportunities that, you know, come by and it's up to them to take advantage of them. Agreed. Couldn't agree with you more on that, Laker Nick. Uh, just very sound analysis right there from Laker Nick. Always great and always blessed to have you here on the show and also on Playback. Don't forget tomorrow, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Magic Man's going to be there. Hopefully Laker Nick's going to be there. Joe Soro, he said he's going to be back in town tomorrow. I don't know if that was served as a warning or a threat to us here at the Lakers Fast Break, but you never know. But he said he'll be back uh, hopefully tomorrow to go ahead and be on by the postgame. I also talked to Alfred Esmond uh, from the Orlando Magic Daily. He was on earlier this week. and did extremely well. I was really, really happy to go ahead and talk to him. We, we had a great interview with him. He, he even went on late for a postgame. He said he'll be back for the postgame tomorrow. Uh, he actually said, I, I would love to come on for the pregame. I said, uh, well, Laker Tom's going to be on, so I don't think you'll get uh, you." words in there edgewise so probably the post game he's like oh okay yeah the post game's post game's fine post game is fine but so that means tomorrow lakerholic spotlight will be on the orlando magic pregame that's coming up for you at noon so a full day of lakers fast break tomorrow looking forward to it guys uh magic man any last thoughts my friend i'll let you close it out man it's your show you running it my friend uh, oh, big shout out to you, Cool Bro. Got, got to say hello to Cool Bro as well. What's up, Cool Bro? Although, uh, kids and Cool Bro, since he's 14, on playback.tv slash Fast Break, get your parents' permission. Joe Soro, rated R. Yeah. So, Cool Bro, I'm going to need some more information from you, brother. So, when we're talking about jerseys, what are you looking for? Is it uh, authentic, swingman? Um, hardcore classic, like what are we looking for? And as far as the Lakers jerseys go, look, man, you can never go wrong with the old school, but I've got uh, Kobe Bean Bryant here. Uh, I would recommend either a Kobe or LeBron jersey. Um, as uh, if you're a Laker, if you're a Lakers fan right now, under 25, I would say grab grab one of those two. I'm going to say right now, I'm, I might have to tell you everybody right now that probably the one that they might want to lean into is if you get a chance, type in a search, purple camo jersey for the Lakers. Uh, I've seen them all over, scattered all over. And if you've seen it like I have, there's some absolutely beautiful purple camouflage Lakers jerseys out there. It is, I cannot tell you enough how sweet these designs look if you get a chance just put it out purple camel lakers jerseys uh go ahead and check it out it's really something to look at i think you'll like it but yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to that as well i saw it the other day and i was like wow i'm thinking about dropping some cash on that one there's a rui hashimura jersey like in purple camel and i was like whoa I'll... yeah there you go there you saw them it looks like you, you got a chance to see them sean yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw them too, Gerald. Those uh, those definitely look great. And yes. yeah, no, the the one that Magic Man is wearing right now, I mean, that's just the, uh, you know, that's just a beautiful classic jersey. I wish the Lakers never moved on from that style. Alan, uh, um, I, I just want to address Alan in the chat. Alan, they have not 
they have not addressed specifically whether or not it's tendonitis or not. It was just described as knee discomfort by Victorian Prince. Yeah. Yeah. So he is, he is, as you said, questionable for tomorrow. Uh, we'll see on that one. Uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, if you can, it looks like it's still going to be a good game. Uh, hopefully join us on playback.tv slash fast break. Of course, tomorrow right here at noon Pacific time. And of course, the the post game, best post game in town here at the Lakers fast break. Magic, I'm telling you, I'm looking at those purple camos, man. Look good. They look good. They do. And as a matter of fact, since Gerald reminded me, I think I'm going to cop one uh, before the weekend's over. So uh, good on Gerald for just reminding us how nice those jerseys really are. Did you get a chance to see Laker Nick and Sean about the new city jerseys that were available? I'm not in love with them. I know my my uh, daughter, one of my my oldest daughters, showed one showed them to me. It's like, it's like, eh, eh. And chat. Can you tell us out there in chat what you thought of them? Have you got a chance to check them I, out? I, I thought they were meh as well, Gerald. It was kind of kind of uninspiring. Uh, uh, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. Uh exactly right uh gerald i also felt the same i i felt that there were too many colors um i didn't like the positioning of the lettering and the and that uh pyramid style so to speak um i much preferred the lakers city edition jersey from i think last season that had a ucla kind of inspired uh, color scheme they were simple and clean uh that's yeah, really I, my style yeah I'm not a UCLA fan because, you know, I love USC and all that, but I will say those looked substantially better than the ones I'm showing everybody now. So I also uh, like those, uh, Gerald and Sean, you might recall, I think it was during Lonzo Ball's rookie season yeah. where the Lakers played with the old school Minneapolis jerseys. Um, if you if you remember those, I thought those were uh, very good as well. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Gerald, I did not get your verdict on uh, LeBron James's Beetlejuice outfit for Halloween. Ah, that's right. Him and his wife dressed up as characters from Beetlejuice. You know what? Uh, right now, I'm going to say that's great because the fact is that the, uh, well, I guess he's, is he part of SAG? I would have thought he would be a part of SAG, so he wouldn't have, shouldn't have yeah. worn Beetlejuice as far as that's concerned, but uh, since you're not supposed to wear uh, costumes from movies or television or whatnot uh, due to the SAG after strike. Oh, maybe, but... maybe your friend Drescher said everybody could uh, could void that for Halloween, Joe. No, she was the one that instituted it. So we'll see. Uh, oh, I, friend. All oh, I say, friend. all I say is this: you know what? It was bold. I liked it. I think it was uh, something that you know just shows the spirit and fun. You know what? And it ended up he was uh, he Beetlejuice the Clippers the next day. So there you go. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> Gerald's That's John funny. Wayne Gacy costume is way better. That's uh, the comment of the night from Lifted. Um, Gerald, what is just this with John Wayne Gacy? It's can't you just say like it's a fictional character? Kind of gives me the willies that these guys just associated with John Wayne Gacy. Kind of the heebie jeebies, I think, probably the best way to say it. And say it like that, can't you say like, is it the the clown, you know, the clown from it or something like a fictional character? A pe pe Pennywise, Pennywise, yeah, Pennywise. He's creepy too, Gerald. Yeah, but he's fictional. 
it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like it's he's fake. You know, Tim Curry, great actor. Uh, Skarsgård, great actor. Not too bad. I that's that that I could be okay with. The the actual real life John Wayne Gacy thing. Yeah, that's not that's like. You know, insert your serial killer here type thing. And I don't think I really want that. Yeah. The, the Aleph crowd is loyal and twisted, but we love them, Gerald. Yes, yes, they are <laughs> twisted, but we do we do love them. A uh, big shout out to Rodell, who uh, sent us uh, more love letters today uh, in regards to Matt. I don't hate Max Christie, by the way. I, well, I guess we could talk about him before we leave, uh, Sean and Nick. I don't hate Max Christie. I was rooting for this kid during the summer, Magic Man, really talking about how where he's in a great place maturity-wise and growth-wise. And, you know, he said in his one of his letters, emails, he's uh, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. He flash-forwarded back. He said, you need to go ahead and look back at game one of the preseason. Well, Rodell, you need to look at the games after game one of the preseason. <laughs> and the two games he's in now uh, – 14% shooting overall and 20% from behind the arc. That's not going to get it done. And his defensive rating, it's not terrible. It's just slightly below team average right now. But come on. Come on, Rodell. I don't hate Max Christie. This is his time the, the, to, the, to excel. The, this is his time to – he needs to play his best ball now, Sean, while everybody's out. And if he doesn't, he's just going to get buried deeper on the bench and he's going to end up being a free agent, uh, Nick and Sean, and he's not going to get anything out there on the open market. Even though he's a young guy, he's not going to get the what the uh, the THT contract per se. That that you know, if you want to put it something similar. Yeah, no, he's definitely not getting the uh, Chandler Parsons or the THT treatment, Gerald. No matter yeah. uh, no matter if it go if he goes on uh, a scorcher here. I mean, that counts for playing better defense. Statistically, he's playing better than the team average right now. And you see him playing against some of the top guys on the other team. You've seen him playing against Durant. You've seen him playing against PG, Kawhi. You've seen him lined up against centers. You've seen him lined up against point guards. He, he's he's very he's a very good uh, lane defender when he's got a lot of length around him, Gerald. Yeah, he's Cam he, Reddish. Jared yeah. Vanderbilt, a hundred percent. And uh, well, by the way, we're we're actually pointing that out. And you and know, these are things I didn't know when I was criticizing the team for signing Cam Reddish. And you know, yeah. again, go ahead, go ahead Nick. Nick. No, I was just going to mention uh, uh, Gerald. Actually, Rodell just responded to you via email. Um, oh, I can't and, wait. And so, um, should I do it on the air? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh, and, and by the way, I, I think I speak for the LFB when I when I say this, Gerald. We we really do appreciate Rodell for listening and being a careful yes. listener. Yes. Um, I, and, that, and, I, I've always and, said that. Yes. And, and honest and and vigorous and and I think um, just genuine debate is always welcome. It is. It is. It is. And I, I, that's that that goes without saying. You're right. Uh, absolutely is. So I'm going to give you Rodell's latest comment that you just said it in. Uh, good eye there, Nick. Uh, he says, I'm not trying to compare Christie to Reddish. I think you actually, he says it's not a fair comparison. I think you actually have to because they are after the same spot in the rotation roughly, right? I mean, yes, it, it's, it's, it's neck and neck here for once uh, everybody gets healthy. 
once everybody gets healthy, it's they're neck fighting. And neck here for the, the runt of the litter dies, and somebody's yeah. going to be the runt of the litter, Gerald. Yeah, so you, you were correct in pointing that out. So you tell me, Nick, I mean, when everybody gets back to healthy, I mean, right now you can't really say, because they need both guys, you know, right now. They just need bodies to throw out there. But when everybody gets healthy, they are essentially vying for the same, you know, what, ninth, 10th, 11th spot in the rotation, correct? No, that's absolutely right, Gerald. And, you know, NBA games aren't two, three hours long. You know, there's limited minutes. Um, there's only so many players that could play at one time, five players on the floor. Um, and the amount of meaningful minutes that could go around are extremely scarce. So those are precious. And uh, players are aware that, you know, they're up for competition each and every night. And those are up for grabs. Well, again, he, I want to continue on with what he was saying. Uh, Reddish has been in the league a longer time, and he clearly has been given a longer leash. And, you know, that's that's a – I give him credit there because he understands that, you know, these guys, the veterans, the NBA coaches trust, trust the veterans more than the younger players. Max has played about 22 minutes in the regular season. You stated he hasn't shown anything since summer league. Well, I'd say take a look at the first preseason game. Well, okay. He, he did something in the first preseason game against Golden State. What has he done since? He hasn't done anything since that's productive, that's helpful to the team. Shooting 14% overall in, in this season so far. Mind you, it's a small sample size in the two games. It's not good right now. And this is a kid who really has to perform. He, like, it's a competition, Magic uh, and, and Nick. Reddish and and you know, uh, Christy, they're vying, both vying for a contract next year, next summer. They both have the same incentive. They don't have job or contract security. So they both have to be playing at their best ball. And, and Reddish has been terrible on offense too. He's not been a whole lot better, but at least he's giving you substantial defense playing better than the team average defensive rating wise while still playing against the top players on the other team. Your thoughts, guys. I've always felt that, uh, and, you know, if you gentlemen, uh, I think, would agree that competition breeds the best out of people when yeah. when you're able to, uh, when the pressure's on and you're in that pressure cooker. Uh, again, we talked we talked about it, Gerald. You know, pressure creates diamonds or it can burst pipes. And, um, you know, Christy, Christy isn't producing diamonds yet offensively. But the pipes aren't bursting either defensively. That being said, I would say Cam's in the pole position right now, Gerald. Uh, his offense is getting a little better game by game. Uh, that at that shot mechanic that we see is just god awful. I yes. thought Sean. I thought Sean Marion's uh, was the wonkiest I would ever see in my life. But uh, Cam Reddish. Come on down. Rookie year Lonzo was pretty, pretty uh, amazingly tough to watch, you know, but that was creaky. That was beyond wonky. That, that was creaky. Um, Uh, Mission. You're probably right on that one. Mission 24. You're right on that one. But uh, Nick, I mean, when it comes to Cam Reddish, uh, you know, it's the fact he's playing defense at a very acceptable level against the top players. It's not, I guess in his rest, you know, if you continue the email, Rodell's talking about the activity level for, uh, for Max Christie and that's great and all, but 
Max Christie isn't playing as well defensively against PG and Kawhi the way Cam Reddish was or against other players that he's played so far. What He's played against Durant. He's played uh, against uh, what? Some of the other players in the best players he's, in the league. He's, yeah. he's played. He's played on in the preseason. Malik he Monk. played against Damian Lillard. He's played yeah. on Malik Monk Sunday yeah. against uh, Sacramento. He's taken on the challenge of again uh, tomorrow night. He uh, will probably be uh, checking uh, Franz Wagner or uh, Bancaro Gerald. Yeah. So and Alan, Alan's right. He needs to get stronger. He's still very slight of frame, so he gets easily positioned out. Uh, you know, when it comes to drive, but you know, activity level aside, I'm not going to sit here and tell you differently. He's been active, but Nick hasn't been. Let me give your assessment of Max Christie's to this point in the limited time he's been out there on the court. Yeah, Gerald, I was actually about to uh, uh, say what Alan said. I mean, fundamentally, not only has Cam Reddish been better defensively than Max Christie, but one, um, Cam Reddish just has a better physical frame at this point in his career. I mean, it's um, only natural. Cam Reddish is an older player. Granted, he's still young, but he's been in the league longer than Max Christie. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, if Cam Reddish is getting more minutes or more playing time than uh, Max Christie on the floor, that's for the simple fact that one, uh, as we mentioned, Cam Reddish is producing defensively. But number two, to put it plain and simple, um, this isn't preseason anymore. You know, this is the regular season games count. Um, how many times have we seen it in the past, uh, Sean and Gerald, where? A team loses one game, two games, and, you know, those are games that end up uh, actually being of major consequence once a uh, playoff seeding, or in this case, even playing seeding uh, is concerned. So each and every game counts. I know we say that the NBA season is long. It's 82 games, and that's true. But um, ultimately, you know, each game uh, has a, a consequence, and, Teams like uh, the Lakers were winning and winning championships is the only measuring stick. Um, you have to start and play the players that give you the best shot at winning. Absolutely. And he's still going to get chances there, Rodell. I know you're a big, super Max Christie supporter. And, and it's not to say that we aren't either because we want Max Christie to succeed. We want him to play well when he's in there. He has not played well yet. And he's not played well enough yet to substantiate more minutes when those players come back. He's still going to get minutes because of the fact that they're injured. And we've got some, so many players out of the lineup, Sean. But he has not earned himself more minutes when everybody comes back. Which is sad because I really want to see the kid blow up. I really want to see the kid. How many times over the course of the past year have I said, man... I do not like the the contract that Rob signed him to because if he blows up, it's going to eat in the face again, like the THT contract that they had to sign him to two years ago. Absolutely, Gerald. And uh, you know what? We should go ahead and post our uh, our um, twenty twenty two draft show where we talked about that Christie uh, draft pick, and Gerald was his assistant from the hop. From the very first point, why did he only sign him to a two-year deal? This makes no sense. They're saying that the Lonnie Walker, you know, contract 
I think it's a bunch of hogwash as far as it's concerned. You can find ways around it to go ahead and sign him to one of those longer term deals. And it's you know, if he blows up, it's gonna bite bite the Lakers in the ass. It's gonna be that simple. So we want hit Max Christie to blow up. We want him to play better. The problem is right now, he is not. He is not earning himself more minutes when everybody gets back healthy. Will he play more minutes tomorrow or on this road trip? Absolutely. He's going to play a, a ma- amount. He's going to get some time. He's going to get opportunities. But he has to play well so that he earns his opportunity when those guys get back in the lineup. And he also pointed out in the email, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, about Gabe Vincent not hitting a three-pointer. Uh, or he, what he's only hit one three pointer. He, he hit one. Good? He hit one. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's that's not good. No one is saying that's good. But again, he's a veteran that has been tested through the through the ringer, through the you know playoffs, finals. He's had his ups and downs. Uh, I told you he's a streaky shooter, so he may come back and go on fire because that's just who he is. He's a thirty four percent shooter at best. Uh, so the people are going to have to get used to that. But he provides you something steady. And Magic Man was the one that pointed out the fact that, you know, his assist to turnover ratio is the best on the team. And sometimes you need your backups to do other things than just hit three-pointers. And that's what they're doing. And his level of defense has been okay, not great. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and assess with that. But you know, the fact that he's out there providing something steady that Max Christie can, can't provide in some playmaking is, is the reason why he was out there, although he'll be out for two weeks. So, you know, there you go. He, again, more minutes for Christie because of it. Yeah, Gerald, it's, uh, that's kind of funny. Those two names are brought up. It's almost as if, you know, when, um, when things uh, get a little hot, uh, oftentimes uh, – they get amplified as well. And the shooting has been so atrocious that it makes uh, it harder for say Max Christie to crack uh, a role in the rotation when his shooting is bad. It's, it's normally the up that it's normally what we're looking for is the polar opposite is that, you know, if they're, if early on they're struggling, if he's, if he's gunning away at a good clip, then that means that everything we talked about in the summer is coming to fruition. But as Gerald said, we want him to we want him to pop, but he hasn't popped yet. And it's a matter now of a, of an arms race between him and Cam Reddish. And right now, Cam Cam has the lead. He's in the pole position, and he's going to get an opportunity. I don't know if he's a restricted, uh, but even if you know, or the Lakers have the ability to match, but he's going to get another opportunity in the league. Max Christie, mm-hmm. he's only twenty. So whether it's with the Lakers or someone else, he's going to get another opportunity to grow and mature as a player. That's the thing is, is he going to be able to grow and mature more with the Lakers? We'll we'll have to find out. But then again, it's all up to him. It's all yep. up to him. Hundred percent, Gerald. Franklin. Oh, Franklin. Well, I was going to say devotion is asking about your cooking show. So mm. I know you try to avoid that in the chat. The best Lakers chat room of the Lakers fans. Well, I was avoiding it. Uh, you okay. know, well, it, it's. Let's just say it's on the back burner right now. Oh, right? Ho, ho, ho. pardon the pun there. Magic man's a magic man's always been uh, poetic with his uh, with his phrases, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, Alan uh, says he it, would still keep Max though, and I know one's saying we want Max gone, but he's just playing terrible right now. 
So yeah, it, it, he's it's, shooting fourteen percent overall is is not good. But it's only limited good. minutes, so you know. But one of seven, you know, last you know in the in the Clippers game, this was a real opportunity for you to show out. And one of seven is just not what you want to do. It 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 really isn't. Gerald, if there's ever a time for him to to pick to pick it up offensively, this would be the road trip to do it. Uh, and, and his defense, can... and on the defensive end, he just is not strong enough to to continually face off and play well against you know guys like Kawhi or PG. Or in this case, coming up, maybe he can because he might be a better matchup against the Orlando guards on, on Saturday. So maybe it's mm-hmm. a good opportunity for him coming up. Yeah, uh, I think it could be drilled. I mean, let's face it, uh, teams with wings uh, like the Clippers and guards like the the Jazz, where they're like linebackers, Mm -hmm. are going to be a a problem for Max Christie, 100%. The the more physical, uh, chiseled athlete is not going to be someone that uh, Max could go toe-to-toe with. He's lanky. He's, uh, I would say he's a little wiry strong, Gerald. He's still able to slip uh, through those screens rather rather than actually going under. If he can't go over, I find him actually trying to slip actually through them. So that's a plus. That being said, he needs to pick it up offensively. Gerald, if I was him, and uh, I'm not, but if I was him, I would really, really, really get in Phil Handy's ear and ask him, you know, let's let's work on dribble drive drills because like like we were saying drilled, when he gets into the paint, it's very uh, he he confuses himself. That's what it looks like. Uh he's either turning the ball over or unsure about whether or not he wants to attack. He just needs to start attacking. Uh the three is going to come and go with him at best, but he needs to start attacking. Tell you what, though, uh, looking forward to a great weekend with the Lakers starting on Saturday. Of course, with the Lakerholics at noon, uh, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. And along with uh, me and Sean Grice, Sean Grice is going to enjoy another Lakers weekend with you. Laker Nick is going to be stopping by. You know, we've got some great conversations as well. Even Joe Sorrell hopefully will be on hand. Uh, when we go all live, playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break at 4 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course, best post game here, Lakers Fast Break, my friend. Absolutely. Best one around. Yep, I best mean... one around, Dean. And the best chat room that's around right here for, for Lakers Fast Break. But, Laker Nick, uh, any last thoughts? Any wise uh, information you have for us before we head on out? <laughs> Um, no, just uh, to thank the chat. Uh, it's been great to uh, to join tonight and have the interaction and uh, get to know more folks uh, in the Alephi community. Um, I feel that the Alephi is only growing stronger by day, um, and I'm hopeful that tomorrow the Lakers are able to cement another win in Orlando. Um, hopefully it's a very, very uh, successful road trip. And I know the Magic Man appreciates it with the uh, East Coast time that he's on. And again, shout outs to uh, Magic Man for always making the late nights and putting in the extra work for uh, the LFB, as does uh, Gerald and uh, Joe Soro. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Coolbro question. I've got two questions coming up. We're going to try and answer a question for Gerald Cooper from Coolbro. What is your most anticipated movie releasing this month? I'd have to say since, unfortunately, Dune Part 2, which I was looking forward to, it got pushed back from November to February. It's the Marvels. Uh, I know my daughter's waiting to see it, so we're going to go ahead and check it out. So I probably have to say it's the Marvels. Because of the SAG after strike, some of these movies have been pushed back to next year, and so that has kind of dissipated a couple things. Aquaman next month, eh, I don't know. Because the the whole DC changeover thing, I'm not as excited for any DC products right now, uh, but we'll see. I know that I, I spoke uh, earlier uh, this this week about in the state of pro wrestling, I talked about the Iron Claw with Zac Efron. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. I will have to go ahead and check that out during Christmas time when it comes to one of the uh, possible award uh, earners that's out there. We'll have to see how close it is to the product I remember here at Pro Wrestling in the 80s, but we'll see on that one. But Alan uh, is asking why the 5280 on the Denver court in Jersey. That's how many miles above sea level Denver is, Alan. So that's a, uh, I guess the, it's 5280 is very common. Uh, that Denver. they know it, yeah, in Denver. So, who yep. is my favorite all-time wrestler? That is a great question. Uh, I'd probably say it's one of three, uh, or actually one of one of four. I'll say uh, uh, Mick Foley, uh, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, the late Bruiser Brody, and uh, I'd probably say Oscar because uh, you know I really like uh, some of the things that she's doing today for the WWE. Although LA Knight, yeah, he's getting right up there as well. But he's not going to win uh, this weekend at Crown Jewel. They won't let him do it. God forbid. They would let somebody that's really popular win. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> but need not digress. <laughs> Stone Cold. Uh, can't go wrong with Stone Cold. Absolutely. Or The Rock. Absolutely. Or The Rock indeed. But uh, great talking to everyone. Uh, cool Bro says, for me, anticipating Dune, Napoleon, and Thanksgiving. I don't know, Cool Bro. Your 14th does slasher movies. I don't know. Especially that Thanksgiving does not, to me, look... Forget about the fact it's a slasher movie. It just... It looks like a cheap cash-in movie, just to me. That's just my opinion. But it'll probably make a nice weekend of chunk of change and will probably justify having like three or four direct-to-home videos on that, uh, editions on that. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving for the return of Turkey or something like that. Uh, but Dune is not until February. Cool, bro. So that's, uh, that's a bummer for us right there. Yeah, my uh, my brother's looking forward to the release of Napoleon um, just from. Uh, I mean, yeah, Napoleon's pretty cool. Yeah, I think obviously Ridley Scott. perspective. Yeah, he's Blade uh, Runner. He's... Blade Runner is one of my all time favorite movies. So, you know, and, and Gladiator and all that from Ridley Scott. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to Napoleon. Uh, you said your favorite wrestler is AJ Styles. Uh, I've heard through the rumorville that he is actually on his way back and will be wrestling again. He's coming back off an injury, so he'll be back for the WWE real soon. So uh, there you go. All right. A great topic for Friday night. Uh, Laker Knicks, stay, staying up late with us. Uh, Magic Man, of course, staying up late as well. Rocking the new headset, sounding good. There you go. All right. Uh, I'm really happy for you. I heard no click, 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 click. There you go. No chick, 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 chick with the bracelet today. 
even though you do need it. So I do yeah. know why, yeah. I know why you, you need it, but it's just, you know, in post, it's like, uh, uh, I know. Uh, I Joe know. will come up with a point. I'm really mad at those red click. Uh, I was doing, I just want Sora to know that I knew it was pissing him off, so I just did it on purpose after a while. But it's hard for me. You've got, you've got hundreds landscapes. of Landscapes. Landscapes. All right. Landscapes. 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 You remember that, Sorrow? Yeah. I sure do. Uh, great game, though, with Warriors of Thunder. It's such a shame that that's not the one that they aired on ESPN. But I don't know. This in-season tournament thing, we'll have to see. I'm not into it as yet, uh, so... We're going to have to, you know, bear with it. Uh, Nick, are you into this at all? I know you guys were talking about it earlier. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, um, you know, Sean and I are people of, of wide and varied interests. So everything uh, that you just talked about, whether it's movies, wrestling, uh, you know, um, I'll just mention my favorite wrestler. I think it's uh, The Undertaker. Ooh, I can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure... It's funny because now he's cashing in uh, still after cashing in for several years. But, yeah, he's going on tour doing his solo act where he gets to talk about his past. and uh, Oh, yeah, Gerald, or, Gerald. Or on Patreon. The, you can find out on Patreon he, as well. He had, the, he had the ultimate man meme this year yes. when uh, a shark was swimming near uh, his wife. Um, she summoned... Uh, the Undertaker and a shark swam away. Uh, um, only the Undertaker could scare off a shark. I have read, actually, I listened to the audiobook. I was on a flight to Hawaii uh, last year and I listened to the Doom book entirely after I watched the first film. Uh, I had actually, to be honest with you, Cool Bro, uh, when I watched the first film, the, the David Lynch 1984 film, I thought that was so horrific. Uh, which is now a cult classic. Uh, it just recently was on Netflix. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, if you've seen the original 1984 cult classic and quotations there, it's it, to me, it's a very tolerable, uh, highly intolerable movie. I really cannot watch it very well without laughing, but I do like Gurney. Patrick Stewart's Gurney was something I really like in there. And then Sting over the top. Uh, I would kill him. I would kill him. Sting was just so over the top and just having so much fun. Uh, I guess that made it tolerable. I guess I, I, so I correct my previous statement. It, tolerable enough movie in, in regards to that. But when watching Dune, if you ever get a chance to check out those late, old episodes of the Pop Culture Cosmos where we covered Dune Part 1, we called it one of the best movies of the year. And absolutely, everybody gave uh, great performances. So Josh Brolin's Gurney, uh, I think, to me, was stood out. So I'm going to say Gurney as far as my favorite character for the book. Yeah. All right, going into Dune there, Nick. Did you watch Dune Part 1, Nick? Um, I actually missed that one, uh, uh, Gerald. But um... Do you have Netflix? Yep, yep, I do. Then you can watch it right now because <laughs> they've got it on there. Okay, no, I'll uh, definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, I... Uh, I want to say that, like, I am looking forward to the Napoleon movie as well. I just want to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. Great choice. from Really, Scott is one of my all-time favorite directors. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, Gerald, the 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 ice battle looks brilliantly shot. Like, just in the, you know, 15-second uh, rush that was shown in the trailer, um, that's probably Napoleon Bonaparte's greatest uh, – 
military strategy ever. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. Uh, but um, it, was I, like, well, cool. it was like it was like a spider leading a thousand flies. Yes, into absolutely. the web. So I can't wait to see that. You're right, absolutely. I wonder how that's going. We saw a little bit in that in the teaser uh, that they showed that that it shows that battle. Cool Bros asking, what's the best movies of the year? From I think this is actually a down year for movies, to be quite honest with you. Oppenheimer is really good. Uh, I don't. It's not. I, when I saw Oppenheimer, I thought it was really good, really well made. I don't think it's one of Chris. I don't think it's Christopher Nolan's best movie, but I do think it's really good. Uh, in fact, it probably is my top movie of the year so far. One of them, I shall say, because I have at the end of the year we do a best of pop culture for the year so right now it's 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 at the top of the list or near it uh, but i'm not as excited uh, as i was last year by because last year i had some a uh, little bit more choices heading into november so i didn't have to worry about just like cramming into november december and trying to see if i could find a, a best one i had already seen everything everywhere all at once and i thought that absolutely killed it i thought that absolutely killed it was sensational and so I was already high up on that one as one of the best movies I had seen in quite some time. Oppenheimer is really good, but uh, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, I think something can beat it, but I'm not sure what yet. But we'll see. We'll see. But uh, wait, what are you watching Oppenheimer for? I thought it was rated R. Cool, bro. That's all right. That's all right. 14 years old. He's good to go. Yeah, that's true. We didn't we all sneak in as into uh, the R movies at fourteen? Yes, we did. Yes, I, I know. I know I did. Yeah, I know I did too. <laughs> I still got one time we, me and some friends watched one movie and then we snuck in to see the Robin Williams Popeye, but I forgot to tell my dad. So halfway through watching it, my dad comes like down the aisle. Is like, Gerald, what are you guys doing here? Don't you? I'm waiting outside in the car. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh gosh, sorry, sorry, dad. Yeah, I uh, remember. I okay, remember with your dad, the, you know what? You saw it with your dad. He gave approval. First R-rated movie I remember seeing when we snuck in, I think it was Gladiator. Yeah, but that's just got some violence on it. To, you know, and some nudity. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but that's such, that's a good movie. That's actually a great sounding the audio on that movie is crisp and clear if you ever get a chance out there and you're watching it on digital make sure you have the best sound system possible dolby atmos the whole nine yards on that because that is definitely a great movie to listen to yes yes listen to yeah it's a what it's a visual spectacle and all that yes absolutely but listening is probably one of the best sounding movies of this century so yeah what we do now gerald Will echo through eternity. Yes, absolutely. It will echo in eternity and indeed. Uh, Laker Nick, uh, appreciate it, my friend. We're just going off on a total tangent on a Friday night. Again, the play-in tournament. That's how well the play-in tournament, I think, excites us when we're talking about movies and, and stuff like that, streaming. <laughs> I just don't, I'm just not thrilled. I'm just not excited by it. I just don't see the allure of it. Yeah, it's extra money for the players, Nick, but I just, I just don't have it yet. Maybe if the Lakers are doing well, but then still I'm worried about that. You know, okay, maybe I might go see them here in Vegas. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe so. I don't know yet, but I would be worried, Nick. That means LeBron would be playing extra, an extra game and an 83rd game would be on the slate for the Lakers. That would concern me. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Gerald. Um, You know, hopefully 
I don't know. We'll see how the in-season tournament shakes out, but I think uh, what this conversation has uh, informed me is that the Alifi community at some point might need a Gerald Glassford and Sean Grice tutorial on movies on what, we, on what we should be watching and not watching what's worth our time, what, what's uh, what's good uh, to see. So uh, I, I definitely vote for that. Uh, I will say, Darren, if you've listened to the Pop Culture Cosmos every year, I remind everybody that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie of all time. Magic Man actually appeared on the Cosmos uh, to talk Five Nights at Freddy's last week. So hopefully get a chance to check that out. Uh, it was a great conversation. We had a lot of fun talking about that movie. Uh, it's so funny because, you know, he watched it for the lore. I watched it for my daughter's sake. And uh, we watched it for altogether different reasons. And we have different reactions to it. So hopefully people will check that out. But yeah, uh, you know, maybe that's something we could do. Extra sideshows, Patreon or whatnot. The upcoming is Magic Man and I talking about movies on the show. Joe and, and Magic Man, you know, Nick, on the show, have always loved talking about The Sopranos and other shows and things of that nature. So that would be definitely something we could get into. Uh, I do want to mention that, Alan, uh, yeah, it the movie reportedly cost for the Marvels about $275 million. Uh, if you include an advertising budget on that, plus whatever the studios take from it, you're probably talking about six, six fifty, seven hundred, probably, not 500, 700, probably before they consider that a break-even at best. So I do not think the movie will, it may do 800 maybe maybe i'm not i have no confidence right now in marvel pictures right now their year has been all over the place uh for both good and bad loki uh is started off rough but it start it's gotten a lot better uh secret invasion was a disappointment ant-man and the wasp was quantum mania was a disappointment so i don't know i i have no faith right now in the marvel product so the marvels it has to do probably about 800 million dollars to start seeing a profit and that's right now in this movie realm that's really hard to do not many films have done it this year so we'll see uh, I, I and gerald it's really uh, you're right it's been kind of um it's really been a, a knuckleball uh by the studios and whether or not the audience hits it is uh, up for debate. I mean, everybody thought after the uh, moment. And you remember, that... Alan, hold on. I'm sorry. Remember, Alan, Amazon spent half a billion dollars just to get the rights to go ahead and do the Lord of the Rings show. So, And completely, completely butchered the source material for it. Yep. Uh, Gerald, yeah. After all the momentum that Oppenheimer and uh, Barbara created, a lot of people thought that would just synergistically affect uh mission impossible and uh, it didn't there wasn't any role it wasn't rolled over at all that kind of momentum and um it was reviewed very well as uh, as you pointed out in the pop culture cosmos that the mission impossible movie was actually uh pretty good just i didn't... thought it was good but it didn't make any because people are tired of it people tired of 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 uh the same old same old uh, mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty good but the, you know the audiences did resonate with it. it probably will break even at best uh from what we're hearing they've actually paramount has delayed the second mission impossible it's not coming out next year anymore it's coming out the year after so maybe to give a little bit of time buffer to hopefully get people uh, excited again in regards to it but yeah, just, uh, you know, where Barbenheimer succeeded, so many other movies have failed this year, whether they're good or bad. The Indiana Jones uh, movie, 
the dial of destiny that was uh that's a miserable failure for disney that's not coming out to disney plus till december the first so yeah just uh kind of been a weird year for pop culture uh best one of the best years ever for video games but certainly not one of the best years ever for 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 movies that's for sure nope all right so well what a great conversation with the with the chat you guys have been sensational tonight you really carried us home uh laker nick outstanding job and sean great uh you guys you guys brought it in for me i just swooped in like god wasn't that correct (laughs) that's what mission 24 said yeah, Mission, Mission 24, 24, thank you for the super so chats. Much. Yes, appreciate the super chats tremendously. It's awesome. They do help out our channel immensely because, you know, you only get so much from the, the advertising when you see the commercials up on the screen. They don't, you know, per view of those commercials, it is very small amount. So it takes a while for anybody to get any ad revenue as far as the channel. You have to be watched thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times in order for that to to really be a part of what you're doing so any contributions to us is a big huge dent into what we can do as far as production you've already seen it with magic man tonight so i am ecstatic i'm really ecstatic the fact that that he has this new headset headset and i'm really really can't thank the the lakers fast break audience for that as well laker nick we got to get laker nick a camera next how about that that's one thing we got to do next <laughs> No, yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, Sean sounds very crispy with uh, with the new audio. So big, uh, big shout outs to Magic Man for the headset. Um, he looks like he's, uh, you know, like a full on reporter. I appreciate that. So that it's become full circle. You hear that? You hear that, everybody? Don't the t- flower. T- t- the t- flower t- has now bloomed. Yes. Yeah, so, do you see that now, Sorrow? Eat yes. your heart out, Joe. Well, see, Sora was never here for your shy days. No, so, he wasn't. Yes, yes. Laker Nick might have actually been watching uh, when it came to around then, but yeah, uh, it was, you were you were pretty shy, and you were always let uh, let Laker Tom walk all over, talk all over you, and then I thought that was really unfair. We had you know, Laker Tom and I would have like emails to each other, like, "Come on, he's here." He's given us time. He's given us great insight. Please let him talk. And then now it's just like, Tom, I'm talking. Gerald, I'm talking. Joe, I'm talking here. So it's like, I'm, I'm right. so glad to see it. Cobra says, pre- when I saw the first Terminator, my mom said goodnight because I was watching it late at night. And then Arnold said goodnight. <laughs> Sean is the air traffic controller from Die Hard. Not yeah. <laughs> you know what i god bless laker tom he, part of it's because he just cannot hear mm-hmm. to be honest with you you yep. know he is 78 so i, I, I gotta come so sometimes it's hard to cut you realize when you get upset with what laker tom does or says he can't understand. hear that's he most of seven, the problem he is 78 years old so we gotta go ahead and bear with us but he'll be on tomorrow along with jb sweet i'll let those two argue tomorrow and let them have some fun but yeah uh, no i was mentioning previously to gerald that uh, i felt like uh, i needed a whistle the last time the last time they were just going at each other yes uh yeah dante he got a brand new headset he wanted to try it out and he sounds great and i'm i'm ecstatic uh that he he was able to go ahead and do that so uh truly appreciate him him uh stepping that up and i think it's really going to help us out especially for those listening on audio so absolutely so. all right guys 
Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Yeah, no, Gerald, I was going to say yes. Thank you to this chat. It's been this ex whole experience has been just um, both unreal and um, fantastic at the at in the same breath, Gerald. Can't thank the um, our chat enough. I mean, there's nothing more valuable that people can give you in this life than your time. And so um, we just got to keep at it, man. Keep giving, keep get, delivering the goods, what people want. That's what we're going to try and do. I mean, we're here seven days a week for you guys. And, and that's something that uh, you hopefully you'll, you'll be able to tell others. If you could just help us out like you're doing, like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you, you know, whenever you decide, if you're, you know, kind enough to go ahead and contribute, or even if you can't, because we know the financial world out there, we know the economy is still rough out there for a lot of people, but anything that you give to us is truly appreciated, whether it's your time, your views, your likes, your shares, subscribes. If you tell a friend, if you say, you know, you know, a Lakers fan in your life that, hey, you want to, you want to check out some really opinionated guys on the Los Angeles Lakers that, that feels quite often the way you do at home that don't have a buffer, that don't have, uh, you know, the Lakers that they have to worry about stepping on any toes, you know, they go ahead, stop up by the Lakers fast break. So. Uh, Gerald, uh, Coolbro has a question for you. Oh, okay. Got to look. Gerald, can you give me five horror book recommendations? I am reading Pet Cemetery, and I'm trying to find the best horror books. That is a great question. <sighs> I would start with Stephen King. Yeah, anything Stephen King would be, I'd go to. You, guys, you have any Stephen Kings? Because I'm, I'm bringing Mr. Mercedes is where I would go first. If you read the Mr. Mercedes trilogy, I and I thought that was one of the most faithful adaptations uh, on video. When when I forget which the channel that did it, but when Brendan Gleeson did the Mr. Mercedes show, I really really liked it. But yeah, the Mr. Mercedes books were really really good. Uh, Sean, I'm I'm gonna think some more here. But Sean, do you have any suggestions or Nick? Do you I... have any suggestions on horror books? Yes, I do, Gerald. Uh, if uh, anybody out there, if it, you want to read, yes, of course. How can I say, yeah, it, of course. If you wanna, if you wanna read a great, uh, The Shining, The Shining by Stephen King, also yes, the book Survivor by Chuck Palahniuk, uh, famous uh, writer for Fight Club. Survivor is one of the best horror books you'll ever read. Um, the one thing about Palahniuk is each of his books prose is very different and um he just goes at it in survivor it's uh incredible any thoughts uh nick on on a famous book could you yeah no I, i'd have to on horror on the horror genre um i'd have to echo what you and uh sean were mentioning about stephen king um, i actually think his first book uh, salem's law is a very strong book uh, often overlooked it's a solid book, a fairly easy read, but being uh, Stephen King's first published formal novel, I think it's worth checking out. Also, I see Alan uh, putting in the chat, Carrie. I think Carrie is also uh, a very, very good book. It's actually kind of straddles the line between horror and science fiction. I agree uh, with Darren that Michael, even though I love Steven Spielberg as a director, uh, I'm not a big fan of Jurassic Park, the movie, but Jurassic Park from Michael Crichton is a good read. Agreed. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Jurassic Park's also a, a, a great, um, a great book and a great. Uh, I actually do enjoy the movie. Uh, if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, cool, bro, it might be a, 
a little adult. Uh, but well, American if he's gone to see Oppenheimer, yeah, you see American, Pugh and Amer- Oppenheimer. American Psycho. But he, 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 he's good to go, Sean. Like you said, he's good yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah. American Amer- Psycho. Psycho. Yeah, that's Brett American Oh, and, uh, Patrick, and it, you know, if, uh, if you're if you watch The Last of Us, you watch that series earlier today this year, one of the best television shows episodes of you know one television series of the year. Excuse me. Uh, check out The Road, the book and the movie from uh, before. Two, yeah, check out The Road if you're into zombie, but you don't want it overloading on the zombie, but you like that 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 genre. There you go. I would probably say that. Rest in peace to Cormac McCarthy, by the way. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And Gerald, do you... And also uh, Walter Davis. We didn't mention him earlier as well. Walter you know Davis. What, the do you know what considered it... Do you know what scientifically is considered the best weapon to have in a zombie apocalypse? <sighs> what would that be, Sean? Joe Sorrell? No. Okay. Uh, according to Max Brooks, who wrote uh, a great book, and by the way, Please pick that up, cool bro. Sur- uh, Survival Guide to the Zombie yes. Apocalypse by Max Brooks. A bike chain. A and bike I know that led is... into. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, a bike chain is versatile. You can use it as a um, strangulation uh, tool. You can use it as a throwing device. You could also use it uh, to get away as fast as you can. Uh, you would think conventional weapons like shotguns, uh, high-loaded magazines would be effective, but no. Draws attention. You'd be surrounded by a zombie horde in no time. And, and you don't up. need to see World War Z, but to me, I thought World War Z is a decent popcorn flick. So it's up to yeah. you. Hey, hey, cool, bro. Don't, don't, you don't need to write them down, brother. Just rewatch, just rewatch, yes. and then take notes. This, yeah. by the way, this pops up just to let you know, cool, bro. It takes about a day, but this chat pops up uh, if you watch the video tomorrow. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, no, uh, Gerald, I was just going to say that if uh, if we think that Cool Bro is, uh, you know, even though he's 14, and I guess we're assuming that he's ready to we're go. We're just corrupting him at this yeah. point. <laughs> it's, using Sean's term, if he's ready to go, why, why he should just be reading uh, The Silence of the Lands by uh, Thomas Harris. Uh, well, you as our legal representative are not, uh, you know, in case their parents, uh, their parents can't come after us. It's just a matter of opinion only. Is that correct? Just, opi- just opinion. We're okay. we're uh, we're speaking into a a a void right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to put it into the, exactly, exactly. Just, you know, when you get older. How about that? When you get older, of legal age. Yes, absolutely. So yes. Yeah, what you do on your own time is up to you. We don't want bear any responsibility. Just checked out the disclaimer bo- below. But a great and, super chat from Dante. Thank you, Dante. Truly appreciate it, my friend. Truly appreciate it. Bow down to you. Absolutely. Love is love, and I appreciate everything, Lakers. You never know what we go through in real life. So this is helps people get through more than you know. Appreciate you, Dante. That, Thank that's you very why much. you are why we do this. You these these statements are exactly why we do this. Nothing but love for you, Dante. Appreciate it. Uh, that 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 makes my day. That those you and the statements from everybody in the chat and and the super chats uh, earlier from from Mission Twenty Four. Yeah, just absolutely make our day. Absolutely. Uh, 
Even cool the yeah, even the emails I got from Rodell. There you go. Just shows he's he's watching and listening to. Yeah, you know what, R- R- Rodell. Rodell is. Uh, I I think he's turned a corner on us, Gerald. It's uh, it's uh, it's love. Too. I invited him on the show. You know, if anybody else wants to come on by on the show, we have an open door policy. It's like the old world class wrestling open door policy. You can come on down and share your thoughts with us. Scotty hit us up. Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. We've been on here for almost two hours and the audience has been fantastic throughout. Uh, Thank to Laker Nick who dropped by and uh, he's a busy man. So we appreciate the time. And the Podfather, who also dropped by. Nick is just going back. He's going to go after the show and check out the legal claims. And he's going to have to watch rewatch the video just to make sure we don't get any legal trouble after that. All those suggestions do. Cool. Yeah, we might have to take this down. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Dante. I'm no no big city lawyer, but... (laughs) Dante, sleep and us are are few and far between. We're just glad that we can go ahead and bring you good content. That's all. Oh, Darren said, when I was 16, my dad didn't let me go to a concert in Hollywood on a school night. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Joe, Joe Soros. Trust me, I lived through the 80s. I know how yeah, that is. You know what, Darren? Joe Soros is a disciplined parent as well. His uh, children wanted to... Uh, have a little sleepover themselves, and Mr. Sorrow, as a responsible parent, said, Not tonight. Yes. Also, so with- guys, Cool Bro says, For those going to see Napoleon, I feel like you have to watch the Patriot. I don't know. Because you got to, for me, it's just hard. I watched it, guys. Uh, but the only thing is, that, is you got to remember. Yeah, I, I get it. It stars two Australians. Yeah, I'm, I get it, though. Like, as an American, to- it's hard for me to continually see watch that because it stars. The, the, the manner, I, no, but I understand where Cool Bro is coming from. Yeah, the manner of we, weaponry and tactical, yeah. uh, very similar to the American Revolution to the uh, to the front, uh, first twice. French Revolution. But uh, Napoleon Bonaparte is a is a very uh, impactful person in that. Kobe in, was a different different uh, individual altogether. That's why Kobe was Kobe. <laughs> I may not be up to the challenge on that one. Well, I mean, to be fair, Even though, like, I, sometimes I do only sleep for four. To yeah. be fair, Dante, I have, I, I've said it before on this show. I'll say it one more time. We'll keep saying it. In the in the Mamba mentality, uh, Kobe came face to face with a decision. He had a decision yeah. to make. I need to devote every ounce of my life to basketball and my family. Yeah. But I have to sacrifice something. So what's left to sacrifice, Gerald? Sleep. Yep. I I'm not you. gonna. I'm not gonna sleep. So I've I've kind of adopted the same attitude, especially when it's a game changer right now. And whenever Gerald says, "Sean, we need to go on," chop chop. Let's go. Got to answer the bell whenever, whenever the. Well, I wanted to make sure we got Nick on here, so that's why we adjusted from uh, later to earlier. So, what Nick said, he he could uh, take time to speak to us today, and I always uh, find it a better conversation if he's involved with us. So, and before we before we leave, uh, as Gerald mentioned earlier, uh, it looks like Dallas is coming back to Earth. You could you could see that coming a mile away. (laughs) It's uh, back to reality, and should have put money on it. Actually, <laughs> there wasn't actually there probably wasn't much money on it because you know there is, 
heavy point spread. Yeah. Plus it's Dallas. Absolute. And so with that, I'll uh, say good night to everybody. Lakers fast break crew. Thank you very much, Nick, Podfather Gerald. Uh, well, let last thing by Cool Bro. Okay, that's a very, good, very good question. I would say avoid the Walking Dead TV show because if you haven't started yet, you have to go through all thirteen seasons. Then you have to go through all the spinoffs, which are still ongoing. And I don't know if you want to go through all the highs and lows of that because the highs of the highs of the Walking Dead are really high. The lows, as we saw near the end of the Walking Dead and some of its spinoffs. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. If you want to get into The Walking Dead, you have to do all of that. And that's covering over almost 200 episodes now. I'm not sure you're... Well, you're 14, so you'll be 50 by the time you're done. Nick, any thoughts on The Walking Dead before we head on out? Um, I completely concur with you, Gerald. Um, Your advice for a cool bro, completely spot on. And I trust you blindly. Yeah, no, I trust you blindly, Gerald, uh, when it comes to media stuff. So um, everybody take uh, Gerald's uh, advice when it comes to movies and comics and um, shows, all of that. I, it's a major investment of your life if you go get into The Walking Dead. Uh, but if you do, take it up right till the first couple episodes after Negan appears, and that's where I'd go. But, you know, that all those years are leading up to Negan's appearance and and whatnot so that's and, where i go and, it goes and, really south after that so yeah and and some i again some of the the best um best um fictitious um stories we've seen have been on the most grotesque and morbid uh yeah. concepts in uh yeah uh, so um i like the one piece series on netflix i thought it was pretty good yeah, Should it was. Watch the it was. It was. That's different, cool, bro. Because there's only eight or nine films. You can watch the Nun films. So they're they're loosely related to each other. It's in the same universe. The Conjuring, the Nun. Uh, what else is in the Conjuring universe? Uh, I forget. There's something else in the Conjuring universe, uh, besides the Nun and the Conjuring. There's something else. Uh, Isn't there a, the doll? The doll one. Yeah, something. I think. Yeah, the doll one. Yeah, that's like, that's like nine films. You can get through nine films. You'll be okay. Yeah. Is that Silent I mean. something, Gerald? I forget. Let me. I'm gonna look up the Conjuring universe before we head out. But uh, it's nine. It's about eight nine films. Uh, it's it's so funny because Universal tried to give it paid four hundred million dollars for the Exorcist IP, uh, and that that tanked at recently at the box office. And it's so funny because they tried to basically get the cheat code for trying to get into something like a universe like the Conjuring and, and the Conjuring they just made for like twenty ten million dollars originally and. And look how it blew up from there. So, uh, Gerald, as you're looking that up, Dante has a question for you. Who else is who else do you feature on the pop culture cosmos, Gerald? Uh, well, uh, Sean's been on there. I have a rotating. Uh, well, we have two main hosts. It's uh, 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 my awesome friends. Uh, that first one on Monday is usually is Josh Peterson. Uh, he started the show with me. He is an awesome pop culture mind. He actually uh, has the Happy Hoarder. Uh, that's his uh, for a lot of pop culture stuff. If you're interested, you take a look at happyhoardercollectibles.com. Great guy, sensational knowledge on it. it. We truly have a great time every time we're on. We go back from our days at National University. On Fridays, I usually have Melinda Barkhouse Ross. Uh, she's a co- former Canadian radio. Actually, not she's not former. She's actually a returning 
Canadian radio personality because she recently got back on Canadian radio throughout Canada. So she is on with me on Fridays usually. But I also have rotating guests come in from time to time. Like this latest episode, we we decided we dedicated uh, once a month to State of Pro Wrestling, which my friend John Orlando from the PVD cast stops by. He comes in here once a month and we talk nothing wrestling for an hour and what the state of wrestling is between all the different organizations sometimes tj johnson who you've known from this show early in its in its uh series he was on very a lot of earlier earlier episodes he comes on from time to time and talks video games and movies and pop culture i have on ben arnault from australia from the smoking hot confessions he not only loves his pop culture but he gives us great cooking tips we do. We go from consumer technology. We talk about collectibles. We talk about movies, television, video games. We touch on uh, you know so much of pop culture on that show. Uh, it's clean. It's family friendly. I send it out to over thirty radio stations still to this day. Uh, I'm really proud of it. We've been doing it every week since 2016, twice a week. And uh, hope you give it a shout out. Hope you get a chance, and uh, I think you'll like it. I mean. It's each show is hopefully caters to someone else as far as TV, movies, and video games, and and all and a whole lot more. So yeah, there it is. It's uh, a lot of great people join it, and they always love talk pop, pop culture. Last week I had on my good friend Don Fobbs. She was talking TV. She stops by once a month to talk TV. So yeah, a whole bunch of people love talking pop culture, just like tonight on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Absolutely. And Sean with that- Rice even showed up. Yeah. And I'll be showing up. I'll be showing up in November too, because uh, Gerald has to do a special pop culture cosmos on the anniversary of uh, Thriller, the greatest yes. pop album ever released. Well, you know the documentary that just uh, that that's out there. So th- uh, Thriller that I believe is on the Paramount Network. So uh, I mean, we're have to get some word on that. yeah, we're we're gonna have to work on that, Gerald. But I mean, you talk about an album with just seven strong singles i mean won't be touched ever again all right here we go the conjuring universe starts off with the conjuring then goes to annabelle that's annabelle the one the that's 12. the one yes. yeah conjuring to annabelle creation the nun annabelle comes home the conjuring the devil made me do it and the nun too is what the last one that came out simply said it's probably one of the most successful horror ips ever created because they were all made under a a what 10 20 30 40 million dollar amount and the investment the return on the investment for each one is astounding each and every time it's the thing it's like i said universal tried to do the cheat code and spend 400 million dollars on the exorcist to try and reboot that and that was a flop last month and uh, that's because they're all trying to chase the conjuring and they don't realize that the best horror movies are the low-budget ones. Those are the ones that seem to get everybody up to the theater uh, for at least the first couple of weeks that gets everybody talking. So so my brain's kind of a popping on this one. Um, a great foreign horror uh, it's movie? It's both. Kubro, American Psycho is a movie and a book. Uh, one of the Great best. performance by Christian Bell. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And Willem Dafoe plays a really, like, zany character. Like, it's it's kind of offbeat for him. Yes. So that, that was kind of interesting as well. I will say, Gerald, uh, before Pan's Labyrinth was released, Guillermo del Toro released uh, a very, very uh, 
scary movie called The Devil's Backbone, yep, which I've takes place it. in not uh, seen it, but I've heard of it. Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, that that we've seen. That's that's a beautiful and and haunting movie all in one. But uh, Cool Bro says, thinks Silence of the Lambs, the book and movie too. Yes, reading the book first. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know how well it's aged. I haven't watched it in over a decade, but Silence of the Lamb at the time was uh, an Academy Award winning movie. So, uh, you know, there you go. Ted Levine not, uh, not even being nominated for an Oscar is a that crime. Was, that was a crime. Uh, and it's so funny because he's had such a good, good career under the radar career after that. But yes, Ted Levine uh, is definitely an underrated actor indeed. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Absolutely. All right. I think, uh, Nick, uh, we gotta get you. I know you're busy, my friend. Uh, he's probably done two cases in the time that uh, we've been here. So, yeah, I'm defending a couple against the LFB that were just filed. So, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm um, kidding, Gerald. But it's you know, make sure the defendant, defendant's name is Joseph Soro. Okay. <laughs> No, that's right, Gerald. But no, it's been great to be a part getting, of it. Getting, and, uh, getting sued is almost as good as winning the lottery when you're trying what to state uh, does, make it in the world, Nick. Well, Sean, what state does Nick live in? California. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> it's it's a rite of passage. I was told back when I lived there in the 80s that suing is a rite of passage in California. That's very, right, very litigious society, Gerald. Yeah. They're a litigious society, but uh, but it's been great to, to join you guys, and uh, I'll, I'll be uh, and I invite everybody else to join in the chat. Whoever's watching, uh, please join us on uh, playback, and it's a great conversation, great community. Uh, thanks again for hosting Magic Man and Gerald. Um, and uh, yeah, great to be a part of it, absolutely great to be a part of it as well. Great to have you here, uh, tomorrow, uh, aliens, love it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan of the aliens, second movie is awesome. Uh, first movie's good. Second movie's awesome. It kind of went downhill from there for me. But you know, you could take it or leave it on the Alien series. So leave, leave that as it may. But that's up to you. But yes, uh, tomorrow all starts off with noon with the Lakerholics previewing the Orlando Magic and the Los Angeles Lakers. Game time is on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Go ahead and join us there. Laker Nick, Sean Grice. I will try to pop in as well for playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then, of course, the best post game, including Alfred Esmond from Orlando Magic Daily. He is graciously coming back. He is excited to come back here and talk with us on the post game, win or lose. And I give him a lot of credit, win or lose. He came on last time, and he wants to do it again. Uh, support him if you're an Orlando Magic fan or you want to know more about the Orlando Magic at orlandomagicdaily.com. He'll be on for with us on the post game. So definitely looking forward to that. Yes, Fall of the House of Usher. Speaking of Edgar Agle, Allen Poe, watch that series on Netflix after we're off the air. But highly, the first episode, recommend. the first episode is very slow churning. It's slow churning that first but episode. But it all ties but in. So it's worth, well worth it. It's going to be painful that first episode, but you'll you'll thank yourself in the end. And, and by the way, the the Simpsons, when they actually had very good writers, uh, did a great Halloween um, clip with the fall of the House of Usher with Bad Dream House. That was one of their best um, Halloween shorts ever. I will say my favorite class from high school. This is that's a ran, that's probably the most random one we've had on this show in four years. Uh, that's a good question, cool bro. But 
Laker Nick, your favorite class in high school. I'm going to say mine was social studies. Um, probably English, Gerald. Okay. Magic Man? Uh, that would probably Which one be... had the best girls? Yeah, that would probably be math class. So I was surrounded okay. by all the smart and pretty girls. There you go. That's Magic Man to a T. Because I knew it was going to lead down that way. I knew it. Gerald knows me better than I know myself sometimes. Oh, that's scary. That's scary indeed. <laughs> but my friends, uh, great having you here. Sean, take us on out, my friend. Uh, before any weird off-the-wall questions hit our way as well. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat. Thank you to Mission 24, Dante. I uh, want to thank Darren, uh, everybody, Alan, for showing up on a Friday night. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Dante, uh, big shout out to you, cool bro. Everybody, please, Darren, please, absolutely. please, Alan, everybody. Yes. We appreciate the time that you take, and uh, we don't take it for granted at all. With that, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Laker Holic Spotlight, where I'm sure Laker Tom and Jamie will be doing their usual Waldorf and Statler. Uh, that's what I call them now, even though Jamie looks like a 40-year-old man, he has the soul of a 90-year-old person. And with that, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining the Lakers Fast Break, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone.